So I obviously got stuck in the wrong crowd, got stuck to wanting to get big, impress ladies, using steroids. I thought I was a piece of shit. All I would do was wake up and what would go through my head was, how hard can I punish myself today to look the best I can? That's it. And it was just to the point where I actually wasn't living life. Gym food steroids. Let's get raw with it. Paint the picture on what you started to experience physically. It's not until I actually got my blood work done that I would realize how fucked the insides were. I'm surprised I'm alive, to be honest, man. How close were you to going to jail? I'm surprised I didn't. I don't know why the judge did not send me to jail, so I'm very fortunate. That's the reason I'm so grateful now in life. There's no way I'd go back down the road I was going down because I've come too far. Why would I go back down that road? So many people that I know right now are suffering. Don't have to be living that life. I don't care who you are listening or what you do. You can become a better person. Look who you surround yourself with what you're doing make a change do you know what I mean like anyone can change just quickly before we get started guys if you've been enjoying the podcast can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing whatever platform you've been listening it really helps the podcast grow all right back to the studio roulette we're back in the OG studio we've had to reset up just for you Jax oh so uh welcome bro thanks for thanks for making time obviously we, we did a bit of ping pong to make this happen but this has been one we've been speaking about for a while so I'm really keen um, we only have about an hour today. Um, so what I really want to focus on fucking your transformation, bro. So you're someone, for those who don't know, now currently entrepreneur, you know, fitness coach, mindset coach, motivational speaker. Um, but rewind a few years, you were addicted to steroids, um, very bad body image, insecure, motivating you to do all these bad things, hanging out with the wrong crowd. And then the transformation you've gone through to be a much more obviously positive person, doing things like affirmations, journaling, manifesting, things that you would have laughed at someone if they said <laughs> to do a few years back. So I want to fucking dive into that, man, that whole journey you've been on. But thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Man, much love and respect for what you're doing with the the podcast game and the talks. You've had some big names on and um, I wanted to get my message out there to your audience and um you know, your message to go out to my audience too. Sure. And um, I think this is going to be good, bro. So respect. 100% bro. Yeah. Like I, I really want to get into this and I really want to speak about all the transformation you've done, the, the, the external thing that you've had to go through, but more importantly, what you, what changes were going on on the inside in your mindset to be able to enable you to obviously do a massive 180 in your life. But let's start, let's start from, take me back to where the time was in your life where the kind of negative spiral started to occur. Maybe at the time you didn't realize it was negative, but looking back, at what point did you start making the wrong decisions, hanging out for the wrong crowd? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think um, during my my high school, I think everything started in high school. Like, you know, during from like prep to year seven, just a normal kid, you know what I mean? Um, just love sport, love being active. Um, just love simple things, man. Like I was honestly just a normal kid. And then really weird, like as it went into high school, um, just going to cut it short, like hated tattoos, hated them. Yeah. Like I swear, look like it. I swear on my life, like I hated them. I didn't, was never into like wanting to get big or anything. It was never about that. And then as the crowd shifted and that was the, the associates I was hanging around with, you know, throughout like year 10 to kind of when I graduated, um, I think it just got into the scene where I was like, I just wanted to impress girls and do you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to be popular and I think it always happens in school. Yeah. And this is why it's so, so important to choose the right crowd at the right time because if you get into that wrong crowd, I could have maybe never spiraled out of that. I could be dead. I could be in jail, et cetera. So you got to choose that right crowd at that right time because that can kind of like dictate the, 
the life that you're going to live. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I obviously got stuck in the wrong crowd, got stuck to wanting to get big, impress ladies, um, using steroids. And it just spiraled into a whole, a whole world that I never knew I'd go down, you know, with social media and comparing myself to others and just being so hard on myself, bro. Being so hard on myself for no reason. Do you know what I mean? Like I looked incredible and I thought I was a piece of shit. Like literally, man, it was crazy. Like I just, I, I was never happy. You know what I mean? And then I started to realize that like, you never can be like happy. There's always going to be someone that's better than you or that's always going to be something that you want better about yourself. And that's when I started to learn that you just got to love yourself for who you are. And it's not about comparing yourself to this top end fitness model, or it's not about trying to impress all these ladies. If you're just a kind, genuine person and you do what you truly want to do in life, I think that's the, the, the main thing, you know, just being a, a genuine person that's kind to people, not worrying about like what other people think about you in terms of a physical appearance. It just goes to show, like, if you don't have the right intention starting off with something, it can be a really slippery slope. Like I'm sure when you started going to the gym, you wouldn't have envisioned then what it would lead to the, the years and years of steroid abuse. Um, I want to get into that because something that was crazy that I, I found out when I was researching you, that you were on, on gear for almost six years straight. Yeah. Almost um, six years straight. Yeah. yeah, I think it was, it could have even been more, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow. I mean, straight up. Like, and when I say on, like, um, I don't know how deep you want me to go into it, but like on means like I'm using multiple yeah. compounds of steroids. Um the whole year. Do you know what I mean? So, so you didn't have much off season? Like you weren't on and off? Like you didn't have like a so lot of when months I say in between? off, I'm just on testosterone, which is still on. Yeah, So yeah. my off was still someone's on. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I couldn't take it out because the results were so good mm-hmm. that I was like, why the fuck do I want to take this out? Do you know what I mean? So it's just a catch 22 where I was just like, the results were sparring. I was like, I'll add a little bit more. I'll up the dose. <laughs> oh, you know, maybe I'll get off this time, but then it's like, well, why will I get off if I'm feeling so good? And then it just got to the point where it's like, I'm never going to get off. And then that's when it really started to down spiral with the health effects, the the family, friendships, uh, you know, legal issues, all of that. Like it, it comes to the downside and people need to learn that there's only a certain amount of time that you can get away with doing drugs or hanging with the wrong crowds before something wrong happens. And that's when it all started to spiral down about two, two to three years in. Yeah. So were you, how long were you at the gym before you started like hitting cycles? You want to know? Yeah. Two days. Two days at the gym. I'm just being straight up. So I walked in the gym and it's the complete opposite of what I'd tell anyone to do. You know, I'd tell someone now to build a foundation, learn how to train, learn how to actually eat and sleep and recover before you even want to add in a substance, if that's what you want to do. But the fact that I did it so early, it left nothing on the table for me to even learn what it was like to train naturally. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it, it was, it was a fuck thing, but man, it was what I did. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's so relatable. Like you say though, like why every guy, I remember I was 16 when I started going to the gym, all my mates were in high school and I know you trained with like chest and stuff. Like we were motivated by the whole Ziz generation. Yeah. When he first came out, he fucking motivated all of us. But it's like when you're that kid and you're like 16 to 18, 19, 20 years old, all you care about is getting more girls or getting Literally. better girls. Right? That's all that motivates you. <clears throat> what was your, cause I imagine the longer you get into it, because like, like we were talking about Alex off air, the people that are really into the bodybuilding scene, it really starts to 
a lot of times have a negative effect on the way you view your body, you know, like the, the body image issues that you develop. But where was that at the start? You said you were going into it. You were a bit more of a normal kid. How long did it take before you started to realize you were thinking more negatively of yourself, the bigger you got rather than at the start of the journey where you'd think, Hey, I'm getting bigger. I'm going to start feeling better about myself. But it seems like the more you got into it, the worst that like the demons on the inside, the way you started to see yourself. Yeah. It's very interesting because the start, it was all like normal, but then it was also partly due to the social media. And that was comparing myself, to, you know, as the, the following was going up and I was starting to get more traction in that. I was comparing myself to these bigger end people that had a following looked better than me. Not that that's the pinnacle of life, but that's what I was comparing myself to. So I was starting to get so hard on myself because these guys were better than me that I was like, well, I'm not good enough. So maybe, maybe I need to use more steroids or maybe I need to do this or, you know what I mean? And it just got into this fucking, it was just, it was so, I don't even know the word, man. It was so toxic that I was just like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just literally not living the life that I wanted to live. And take me back to, I want to get inside, try and understand what was going through your head in those days. Like, when you'd wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, what sort of thoughts are going through your head when you, when you look at yourself in the mirror and think about what you're going to do with your day and everything? So all I would do was I was jobless at this stage. Um, all I would do was wake up and what would go through my head was how hard can I punish myself today to look the best I can? That's it. That, that was it. So I would literally go to the gym. I'd punish myself. I'd probably do like two hours of Stairmaster a day. I would eat so like everything was perfect. I would not eat dinner with my family. I would not like, I would still do stuff, but I wouldn't do anything outside of if it ruined my results. And it was just to the point where I actually wasn't living life. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was literally just gym food steroids, <laughs> which like, is so sad. Like the obsession got to the point where it's no longer a positive. It's becoming like a net yeah. negative in your life. Massively, and that's right? what I find with all drugs though. You know what I mean? Some people start out with a little bit of alcohol or a little bit of this or that, but if they get too deep into it, there's nothing positive out of it. Now I want to, as, as we move through the conversation, I want to talk about how you started to transform that the way you saw yourself, because I know, I imagine a lot of your followers are probably all the people you work with in terms of your coaching are guys wanting to transform their confidence, but body image issues are rife through women, probably even more than through guys. So I want to talk about and unpack how you started to make those changes. But before we get into the good, we obviously have to go through the low points and, 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 and the negative effects that I had in your life. Now we'll get into what, it, what happened to your body in a second, but talk to me about the strain and, and the strain it had on your relationships with people like your family, your parents, and maybe your good friends that you had before you got into that scene of hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. I'll start with the family. Cause that's everything. And I just, um, I just treated my parents with no respect. I didn't, I didn't really care. I didn't, but I, I didn't care because I didn't know the the chemicals. It was changing the way I was thinking in my in my brain. So I actually didn't know I was. I didn't want to be like that to my parents, but I was like that. And I look back at it now, and I did some stupid things, man. And I'm glad that I have a great relationship with my parents now. But it's things that like I could have lost forever. I could have lost my family forever. They were that close to kicking me out. Do you know what I mean? I used to steal from my mum's purse, and I was like. I knew even at that point of time when I was stealing from my mom's purse that it was wrong, but I still did it. Do you know what I mean? It was so bad, man. And like, I, I don't wish this upon anyone with their family, but this is the message I want to spread out there is that like, first of all, you know, family is key. 
health is key, longevity is key, and you know the, the the way you treat people is probably the pinnacle of life, and that's what I started to learn as the years have gone on without this substance. Did you feel guilty at the time when you were doing it, or only looking back? Hundred percent, man. It's it's so weird. I felt guilty, but did it every time. Couldn't stop yourself. Same when um like my obviously I was living at home, so my parents they could tell I was on. You know what I mean? I was getting bigger, but like mum would question me all the time. Are you on? Like. Why are you getting bigger? Do you know what I She could tell instantly I'd lie to her face every time. And it was just, it's sad, man, but it's, that's what happens with drugs. Do you know what I mean? Did you get any of the roid rage? Like you're starting to fucking no temp, like your temper, just snapping at little things. Yeah, I'd snap at them all the time. I, I, bro, they, they would, I would get home from a workout and they would have a nice meal cooked on the, the dinner, like on the bench. And I would be like, what the fuck's that? Like that's how I would respond to them. And it was because it didn't fit my guidelines of nutrition. Do you know what I mean? And you had that high expectation of them to understand exactly what yeah. you want and unfair expectations. It was crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. What do you think? If, let's, let's, let's go 20 years in the future. Let's say you have a son who's doing the same sort of stuff. Mm. Well, how do you think you would uh, respond Man, that's to that? a good fucking perspective. Um, man, I'd probably do the same. I'd be very hard on him. Do you know what I mean? If you're not hard, how does he get disciplined and how does he learn? I'd probably do the same. Like you're either out of the house or like you either stop the drugs or you're out of the house. I, I think you need that wake up call to really move on in life. And my wake up call was the court case or jail or death. But I find if you need to hit that low to rebound and get back to that high. It's, and that was my low. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard, bro. Like no matter what, what the low point is for so many people, like, you think you'd like to think that someone telling you something will, will be enough to wake you up. But it's so often you see people, you give people advice and they're going through something that you went through, but you know, if it was you at that point, nothing, nothing's going to get through to you unless you have to learn the lessons yourself. That's the fucking hard thing about life. At times you have to actually experience the pain, experience the threat of something really bad happening before you realize, because when people are in this mindset of they're just so focused on whatever it is, they don't realize who they're hurting, yeah. what, what's really going on around them. And it takes something big to shock that. And I got told multiple times, like I told my parents nearly every day, got told by closer friends that could see better in me to, you know, stop this, all of that. But none of that meant shit until I was like, I had that big wake up call where it's like, it was pretty much life or death. That was the only thing that really stopped me from going, maybe I need to stop this substance and actually move on and create a better life. And how did you end up healing the relationship with your time, bro, time and trust. Like just, it took a long time. Like I, it took a long time for them to even trust me to walk out the door without taking a vial, you know, like steroids with me. And it's like just time and trust. And then just slowly doing things that just simple things that mom and dad enjoy. Like I would start to go for a walk with them with the dog. Like I'm talking simple things that they never had their son do with them. And they appreciated it so much, but with time and trust, um, I believe you can build a relationship back. When when was the time that you had the first honest conversation with them about, obviously they would have known that you, you can't really deny it when you're going to court multiple times for it. Like there's the evidence is there that you clearly had this stuff on you. But when was the first time you had the honest conversation that you, you looked him in the eye and said, look, I know I've been, I've, I've fucked up. I've been doing shit like admitting kind of your guilt. And then obviously, cause that's going to be the first step to healing. Right. Yeah, so you know I got done with steroids three times. Yeah. So the first time, obviously, I'm using it, blah, blah, blah. And I told them from that day I'll stop. And then pretty much the next day I injected steroids. And then got caught a second time 
consecutive months later and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop now. Like I promise. And of course, you know, three, three, four months later with the exact same thing in my car, exact same thing. And then it was like that third time, basically because the drug, it is a class one drug and the, the, like it was, it was starting to get serious. You know what I mean? And I was like, that was kind of like the pinnacle of, I had to really change. Like, I feel like, you know, you hear it all the time. Like you give someone a chance or a second chance, but how often do you give someone a fourth chance? You know what I mean? And that's what kind of stuck in my brain. It's like, is the judge really going to, if I go back out there and start injecting steroids again after this third court case and I get caught again and go back in for a fourth time, are they going to go, oh, we'll just give him a fine again or, you know what I mean, some community service. No, I'm going to get jail time. And I think that was the big wake-up call. All right, guys, just quickly, I've got some news. I've spent close to the past 18 months building the ultimate program that takes you through the complete process, and I mean the complete process of launching and scaling your very own e-commerce brand from zero all the way up to a million dollars plus per year. And now with this program, what you're going to get access to is 15 modules with over 100 training videos and 23 hours of in-depth content, taking you through everything you need to know to build a successful e-com brand. And this is the important part. This isn't just stuff that you can look up on YouTube. This is stuff I've taken from real lessons and experiences building Happy Skin Co. from zero all the way up to an eight-figure per year brand. You're going to get access to loads of custom tools, templates, and calculators that I've used to build and run Happy Skin Co. There's going to be one-on-one mentoring with myself and other expert coaches. And there's also weekly group Q&A calls with myself to make sure you're feeling completely supported throughout the entire process. And now what I've learned from consulting to everyone from people starting their very first e-commerce brand all the way up to brands already doing seven figures plus per year is that there's a process and a framework to follow if you want to be successful with e-com. Now, if this is something you're interested in, hit the link below and go to join.viralbrandbuilder.com. All the information's there and you can book a call directly with me. Otherwise, send me a DM and we can chat there. Anyway, let's get back to the pod. Why do you think it took so many years and so many of these experiences to to break the cycle. I don't, I like, I've never taken gear, so I don't know what, what it does physiologically to you. Like, is it a physical addiction like you would experience to another drug or is it more of a mental thing that you Both. can't separate it? Yeah. Both. It's just like, yeah. Cause it's, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's just, it's euphoric at the start because you, at the end of the day, who does not want to look better? Who does not want to impress people? You know what I mean? And that's the euphoric feeling you get. You know, when someone even you get a bit more traction on a podcast or someone big messages you, that's the kind of high that I was chasing off how good I could look, if that makes sense. It's all the dopamine hits. 100%. It was a dopamine, but it was also external. It was all fake validation. It wasn't real support, if that makes sense. What do you think created that need for that validation so strongly? Because it overpowered everything. Um, First of all, just not being happy with my current body, but um, I think loneliness. Do you know what I mean? I think I was lonely and I was almost bored that I needed someone in my life. So I was trying to attract a girl or become popular because I feel like I was missing something in my life, if that makes sense. What sort of girls were you attracting at that point when you were? <laughs> the wrong ones. Yeah. Escorts. Yeah. Strippers. Yeah. Um, the wrong ones, man. To you fill know this I mean? hole that you've created for yourself, right? Yeah. it's It was all the wrong crowd and the wrong attraction, even when I thought it was the right attraction. 
Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> now the, we'll get into the moment that that third court case and how that finally was the catalyst for you to fucking realize, Hey, I'm going to end up fucking dead or in jail if I don't stop this. But talk to me about like, let's get, let's get raw with it because it, the facts are the facts that many years on, on hardly taking any breaks off it. It starts to have a really yeah. negative effect on your body. Paint the picture on what you started to experience physically. Yeah, so I um, I actually didn't get my blood work done until years in, which I would not recommend recommend to anyone. It's not until I actually got my blood work done that I would realize how fucked the insides were. And it's when I got that first, and this was still two years before I actually stopped. So this was about four years in that I got my blood work done. And I remember, like, it was a long time ago, but I remember the doctor saying, like, literally your kidneys and your liver, like the enzymes, like it was, I can't remember the number, but he was like, literally, if you, if you stay on like with these orals, who knows how much more time you'll be on dialysis. Like, and I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, he's like, your kidneys just, it's ruined. Like it's at the absolute breaking point. Cause I was just flooding myself with uh, orals, which is tablets. So it was virtually the same as taking like a cap or an MDA pill every single day. Every day. Could you imagine doing that for six years? Like it was, I'm surprised I'm alive to be honest, man. But yeah, that was the wake up call. And then I had heart problems. I had to, um, actually had to start seeing a cardio myopathy and I was on heart medication and then I was trying to get my liver back and man, it was just fucked. Like what are the real dangerous steroids that people should be aware of? Like obviously most people start on test and TRT for people in their forties can be a really helpful thing as they get older. But what are the real dangerous ones that kind of started having the, the worst effect on your body? I think that's something I just want to touch on quickly is we're not talking about, this is not a TRT subject yeah, that yeah. that's bad because yeah. that actually can be beneficial to males, but it's when you start adding the other substances, the orals, the insulins, the diuretics, the thyroid drugs, the clenbuterols. This is when you start playing with hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty much any drug besides testosterone and human growth hormone, stuff that's actually meant for humans yeah. at a clinical dose, I don't, why? It's not meant for humans, do you know what I mean? So pretty much anything besides testosterone or HGH, if you prescribe by a doctor, I don't think you need it. Yeah. I really don't. And what, what was happening to your body? Like you said you are in relationships with all these girls. I'm assuming when you're on steroids for that long sexually, it starts to be difficult to perform like you used to, or when you start jumping off and your body's like, how the fuck do I produce my own yeah. hormones? Right. Yeah. No. So when I was on like, you know, like a rocket, like, you yeah. know what I mean? That, that, that's, that was <laughs> the fun course. part about it. I was yeah. just, I was so like, yeah, I, intimacy was amazing. As soon as I hopped off, it was just like, I literally could not get an erection and that really played with my Did head. Scare you? Man, it was fucked. It was that one time. I'm. I'll. I'll say it. The one time that I was with my ex, and um, you know, we get we got home and trying to have like intimacy, and I knew that I actually, I knew I couldn't get a heart on. I knew before we even started because I was like struggling. I was I was on the point where I was getting off, and I was like, I still wanted to try because obviously I want. You know what I mean? I wanted to. And then we we got into the room. We tried to have it. And I couldn't get an erection. And I'm telling you right now, like that was, that was probably the most depressing thing I've ever had happen in my life because she was just like, well, am I not good enough? Like, am I not? And it, it actually led to us breaking up 
just over the fact of steroids. And I was like, I was trying to explain to her that, no, it's not you. It's not the physical attraction. It's the fact I put a, a substance in my body for so long that my actual pituitary gland cannot produce testosterone anymore. So it just led to many, many problems. How long did it take to get your body back right again after that? To be honest, man, it's, it's still on the, it is still on the, it's good, but it is still like, it's like, I, I have not really felt like a 28 year old. Like I I don't feel like a 28 year old in terms of my, my, um, sexual function or all of that. So two plus years. So you've done like long-term damage to your body. Yeah, it can come back, but this is the message I want to spread out there is like, if you get too deep into it, you just don't know the effects that it can have on you for the rest of your life. And in terms of like your kidneys and liver, does that fully bounce back now and everything? That's the great thing about your kidneys and liver is they do regenerate after time, but it just takes time. You know what I mean? It's like filtering it out. I'm on a lot of, um, like I take a lot of liver care and stuff like now to help with that. And the heart has come back. I'm fortunately off all heart medication. Um, but yeah, it just takes time and, you know, I kind of say it like this, the time you're on is almost the time it's going to take for your body to heal. And it's true. So I just got to face the hard road. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about the, the time that you finally realized, fuck Jackson, look yourself in the mirror. I got to change. Was it that final court case that how, like that threat, a very real threat that you could end up in jail? It was literally when I walked out, I was like, it's, it's just, it's, I have to, I have to, I just have to change. How close were you to going to jail? The decision over the jail. Like I, I, I'm surprised I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. You know what I mean? I, I think I don't know why the judge did not send me to jail. So I'm very fortunate, but that's the reason I'm so grateful now in life. And I've, there's no way I'd, you know, I'd go back down the road I was going down because I've come too far and I've, you know what I mean? I've helped too many people. I've inspired too many people. I've built my relationship back, my health's back on point. Why would I go back down that road just to try and, you know, get external validation again or try think I'm impressing uh, girls when that wasn't even the case from the start? Yeah. Thing is, is oh, this is crazy. Like no bodybuilder would believe that. But like if I, I look at the photos of you when you're at your biggest and you're obviously you're, you have a lot more mass on you, but I think you look so much better how you do today. And most people would, that's the fuck thing. But in your head, you don't see it like that, right? See, this is the fuck thing, man. Like not only am I obviously a better human, I'm kinder and I'm not doing anything wrong against the law and all of that. I've had so many people say, you look so much healthier. So much better, you look yeah. so much better. I'm like, why the fuck was I doing that yeah. for six years? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I was literally, that's the reason I was doing it. And then everyone's telling me, well, you look better without it. So it's like a catch 22. It's like, excuse your perception of reality. Like you can't, yeah. can't see things for what they really are. It's crazy, man. Like I look at myself when I was my biggest, I thought I was small. Yeah. I was 130 kilos. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I was literally a balloon, bro. Yeah. And I was like, I felt small at that stage. Crazy. And <laughs> when, when you get off, obviously you're dealing with the physical changes. How do you then, obviously you, I'm, I'm imagining you're starting to lose size. You know, when you're strong, talk to me about how you dealt with that mentally over the first couple of months coming off. Yeah, that, that was the hard part. I feel like that's the hard part with all drugs, not just steroids, is like trying to feel good every single day without that high of the drug. You know what I mean? So I never had that high of the drug when I walked in the gym. So obviously my workouts were they were terrible compared to what they were on steroids. Um, 
the main thing I had to do was once again, change the circle. So I moved straight gyms, straight from a big commercial gym to a little low key gym, like a snapper or jets where that then made me feel the, the circle I was hanging around with inside of the gym. And where every time I stepped into the gym, it was normal people. That makes sense. So I felt almost normal. But if I had to step back into a bodybuilding gym where everyone was the size I was, I would have had these body dysmorphia problems. So it kind of took a little bit. And then once I was like, I was getting that, um, people would tell me you're starting to look better and I was healthier and all of that. I then just went back to the commercial gym anyway because I didn't care. Yeah. So it was kind of like I had to remove it. But then once I knew it was a better option and I didn't actually care about being big, I then stepped back into the, the commercial gym. It just goes to show like if anyone's struggling in life, obviously it's good to be able to have the power to make these changes inside your head mentally, which is a skill that you can develop. But if someone's in a rut or they're stuck around the wrong crowd, it just goes to show, and I'm not the first person to say, and it won't be the last, like the easiest way you can change your state is to change your environment around you. Yeah. Going and being back with normal, like like everyday people that take training normally, it finally allowed your brain to reset into a more normal framing situation of, okay, this is normal, how I'm looking, how I'm feeling. But how long was that process until you actually started to believe the people saying, ah, Jackson, you look better, you look healthier. How long did it take for that to change in your head? Yeah, it took, it took a while. It doesn't just, it, you don't just get one compliment and you're like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> it was, I actually reckon it was months, you know, months of just people saying, hey, you doing well? Or you, you, your skin's looking at like, my skin used to be terrible, bro. I used to have the darkest eyes. Um, just so many little compliments that made me realize that like, okay, this is definitely the life that I should be living. And have you gone back or have you had to go back as part of your journey to enable this transformation, this massive 180, like going back and facing and thinking about the issues that caused you to get so caught up with wanting to impress people and track yours? Like it of when someone get builds up this massive insecurity or this massive thing that drives the ego to chase, it happened so many years ago that you'll often forget what the original trigger was for you to think like that. And often when we get like so much further in the future, we realize these things don't need to define us anymore. Have you had that moment where you th sit back and like, fuck it, I am enough. I don't, I don't need to chase all these girls. Who I am today is Jackson is enough. Oh, 200% bro. I'm so past that. I know I'm, I know I'm enough. I know I'm making a change in life. I know I'm doing the best I can. And that's, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? It's you versus you. There's no comparison anymore out there. Um, obviously I still set my standards high and my goals, but you just focus on you. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's on their own different wavelengths and different levels in life. And once you start like going, Oh, why am I not like him? Or why is my podcast not like Dylan's? That's when stuff starts to play with your head and you just get negative and you just start to hate yourself. Do you know what I mean? Exactly what you said. It's you versus you in everything. Like comparison yeah. is the thief of joy, that classic saying, but it's so true. Mm. So, and, and, and why it's so much more, so much more difficult for our society is because social media. Hard, bro. You know what I mean? Same thing with relationships, why it's so much harder for people to just be satisfied in a relationship because they see the opposite sex a hundred times a day on their, on their it's social media. It's so easy and accessible. Not only is it accessible, it's actually so easy to cheat on your partner. Do you know what I mean? There's apps like Snapchat and Tinder where you can just, you can get away with anything. And as sad as it sounds, uh, there's so many people out there doing it and it's, it's really fucked, you know, relationships and the way people are meant to love these days. How has along, like with your, the growth journey you've gone, gone on, how has the way that you view intimate relationships changed? 
as in like like a, a, a girlfriend or a potential future wife and oh it's 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 so far beyond looks now um obviously you need that physical attraction but it's all about like can I truly build with this partner like do they have the same interests as me do we have the same goals and ambitions like it's all about do I see this do I see myself with this girl for the rest of my life not how good is this sex going to be tonight? You know what I mean? It's it's more long term, and it's the it's the the connection, not just like how they look. And let me ask you this: the men, the man you are today, what metric do you measure success by? How you treat someone, how how, how you treat so how how kind I am to you, how I treat you as a person, is the pinnacle of life over anything. Do you know what I mean? If I treat you with kindness and respect and all of that. I don't see anything else that I can do that is more powerful than that um, when I leave you, if that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're going to remember me for. You're not going to remember me for my image over this table. If you die, you know what I mean? You're going to remember for our last convo and literally how I treated you. So I think how you treat someone is is very crucial. And that's why it's so important to be kind in life because you don't know what's going on behind someone. You don't know what someone's facing demons, etc. So even if you do not agree with someone, I think it's always good to be kind uh, because you just don't know what someone is suffering. Obviously that's a massive change from the person you used to be. What, at what stage or was it a conversation? Was it a moment that, when did you realize that? What, what caused you to realize that and change your whole perspective? Um, I don't actually know, man. It's just, I think with time and just like, slowly moving my crowd and associating with people that I look up to more and that's how they acted and that's how they projected life. I was like, well, maybe I, this is, this is how you meant to live life. And I think just with time, man. And yeah, there was no real pinnacle pinpoint. Do you know what I mean? It's a gradual process. And yeah. I think it's a gradual process with everything. Yeah. People think with life, it's like, boom, boom. It's anything in life, bro. I think you know, nothing good comes easy and it takes time. And and it's hard as well because, like, particularly people that have podcasts like us, like, for people listening, you want to define it as this one aha moment for people listening to take, but it it's often not. is this, you know, months or years process of each day getting a little bit better, a little bit closer to where you're going to end up or where you want to be. Now, I want to talk to you about that journey, some of the big changes that you made after walking out of that courtroom um, for the third time, but is it is it true that there was tons of media waiting outside for you <laughs> that day? Yeah, there was literally every news, and I was like, "What?" I literally had like some personal use of steroids. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was like it's like I was trafficking like you know kilos <laughs> of cocaine. But yeah, I, there was the ABC seven um, nine, and luckily my ex at the time, who I went to the court case with, actually worked for Seven News Spin Out. And I didn't even know. I was literally about to walk straight out because I was just like, I'm over this. Like, I just walk straight out. And she could see everyone out there. And she's like, you cannot walk out. Like, once that goes on the news, like, I could have lost yeah, forever, everything. Right? Sponsor, you know what I mean? So I, we literally had to sit in the court case for four hours until they left. They just wouldn't leave. We had to sit there. Wow. So I, we, we, she, she was just like, you have to sit here because all they want to do is see your face and then put it on the news. So we sat there until they left and we walked out and ran into the car and just went. They wanted to paint you as this villain, yeah, right? That's what they do, man. The media's fucked. It's crazy. 
And the, the stuff they wrote on me, completely different to what actually happened when I got caught. It's, yeah. it's crazy. You don't realize what you see on the TV and media and, and journaling and all of that, majority of it's bullshit. What were you thinking inside the courtroom? Like, Oh, that was hard, bro. That was, that was the most terrifying moment of my life. The night before I didn't sleep because I, I 99% thought I was going to jail. So I was pretty much like, you know, you know yourself, like imagine if I said you, you're, this is your last day living freely. What the fuck you got? What's going through your head? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm 26 and I'm like so much ahead of me. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I'm, I might actually be sitting in a cell for one to two years. Bro, I literally, I was just, I was going nuts, man. But when that judge said, you know, he, obviously I got a lot of penalties, but when he said, you're not going to jail, bro, like it literally felt like 300 kilos just lifted off my body. And I was like, I need to change. Like that was just boom. It was everything. Everything was just like that one moment. Was your family there? Yeah, they were. They just started bawling. What do you, yeah, yeah. what do you think that night before was like for them, for your mother? Oh, bro. I'm, I don't even know. They didn't even have a heart attack. Like literally, you know what it'd be going like. Maybe they couldn't, you, you know what I mean? Raising a child and then seeing your son go to, to jail. Is there anything worse you can think of? Like, And as well, like for such a stupid thing, like just because you wanted to take your body to the extreme when you could have fucking looked amazingly mm. doing it in a much healthier way. And I way. didn't even compete. I, do you know what I mean? It's not as even like it's not like I was making a living out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't even a. It was just it was yeah, it was ludicrous, bro. But this is why I want to speak so openly on platforms and just you know. And there's so many people out there that don't use steroids, but it's more the the message that we're getting across. You know what I mean? That that I want to get out there. But it's like you don't have to be on steroids to be an asshole to people, to be self centered, to be fucking a. Uh, a really poor child treating your parents like with disrespect every day. It's more the, the, the mental transformation mm. that you've gone through that that's the most powerful part of the story. Cause like I said, yeah, there's still, there'll be kids out there, you know, 18, 19, 20, 20 year old kids considering doing, doing stupid amounts of gear. And hopefully they don't from listening yeah. to your story, but it's more than just, it's not even about the fitness, 100%. not even about the steroids. It's about who you are as a person and realizing that's the journey to chase. And not even that, just like so many people that I know right now are suffering, um, like mentally, suicidal thoughts, drug addiction, the wrong path. I just want you to know that you don't have to be living that life. And I've seen some of the worst of worst spiral their life around and they're, they've changed their life around. I don't care who you are listening or what you do or what you're going through right now. You can become a better person. Look who you surround yourself with. Look what you're doing. and um. Whatever you want to do in life, whatever that is, like if you're not happy with the life you're living, make a change. Do you know what I mean? Like anyone can change. You don't. People think even with age, it's like once you hit a certain age, oh, I'm too deep into this. I can't really get out of it. That's bullshit, man. Like no matter where you are in life, you can change your life around to become the better person you want to be. And because all you need to do is that's why your story is so powerful. Look at the example. Look how big the change was. I'm just a normal person. And that's what I, I want to express out there is I have even a lot of mates right now that in in and out of rehab and it's like, you can change, you can do this. And I really want to get that message out there because I don't want to see people lose their lives or I don't want to see people have, um, I don't want to lose mates from suicide or have mates in jail just because they thought that they couldn't turn out of this life that they're living. 
How would you describe your relationship to mental health? It's probably number one at the moment because I still suffer every day. Every single day I suffer, man. Every single day. Like there's so many days I'm like, not every single day, but there's so many days that I wake up and I'm like, I'm still hard on myself. I'm like, why am I doing good enough? What, why am I here? Like, do I, do I keep doing what I'm doing? Is everything working? But you can't, yeah, you just, I don't know, man, it's mental health is huge. You know what I mean? What we think about through our brain and what we process is, is everything. And if we have all these negative thoughts and it's all like that, it's going to lead to the wrong things. But if we have all these positive thoughts and it's all the right people we're surrounding ourselves with, the it's crucial in terms of what you, it's, it's, it's just crucial in terms of the way you think and the way you uh, go about your day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that one of the easiest ways to get your life back on track is just by setting really big goals that excite you. You know what I mean? Cause if you have that one big thing you're aiming for, it gives you, it gives you something to work towards. It gives you something to get up out of bed and do the work. And I don't mean do the work is like grinding and not necessarily about doing the work. You have to work 12, 13, 14 hours a day. It's do the work is like, this journey you're going on, like you said, it's two years down the line. You still have days. It's, it's a process because it's, it was 26 years of conditioning of feeling that way and treating yourself uh, really harshly, not, not treat, not thinking of yourself in kind ways. Two years, you've come a long way, but it's, it's, it's a never ending process for everyone. You know what I mean? About how they view the world, how they see themselves, the way that they, you know, measure their value to the world and, and, and what's truly important. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, as much as exercise was viewed in the wrong way throughout the six years, exercise has now saved my life the right way. You know, uh, endorphins and the way I feel just when I exercise, whether that's walking, running or gym, I think exercise is honestly the key to, to mental health. Um, it, is, it is so important for anyone listening out there suffering. Oh, for sure, man. And like, if I'm ever being too hard on myself as well, cause I feel like I've got so many things to do and I've, I've obviously got a, a high workload and a, a lot of responsibility and, and pressure that comes with that responsibility at times when I start feeling a little bit overwhelmed in the sense mm. that fuck, I've got so much to do. Sometimes I'll default to, um, forgetting about my, uh, positive routines, like training, like stretching, like meditating, like visualizing, like doing all my forms for martial arts. And I'll just work more and, and maybe that'll make me feel better for that, you know, week because I'll get more done. But very quickly that starts to unravel. And like the, I feel like from my life, something I've, I've had to relearn the, the lesson of, and I'm sure you can relate to, is that lesson of balance. Because mm. if you don't remember how important balance is, it's just a matter of time. It's a ticking time bomb until it's going to smack you in the face and you're going to be faced with it, you know? Oh, 100% agree. And the worst thing I could probably recommend, worst thing I could recommend for, in terms of if you're suffering in a mental health state, you, you've got some bad thoughts through your head and stuff, is to literally sit in your room, bottle those thoughts up, and just not get out of the house. That is the worst thing you can do because thoughts just play through your head, play through your head, and that's when people go, am I worthy enough? And that leads to suicidal thoughts and et cetera. So set a goal, as you said, get out of the house, get some fresh air. Those two things itself, man, can literally change your day. Yeah. Simple things. Yeah. And and that's actually one thing I wanted to ask you about because I know you've had at times things was going so bad that suicide did become an option to consider. What obviously of thank God you didn't go down that path, 
But what was it that, that saved you in those moments? What was it that took you out of that to make you see the big picture and that as bad as it can seem in one day, a week, a year, whatever, that it doesn't always have to be that way? I think my family, um, I just think they're, they're so important. They, they want to see me. You know, they they want to see a successful Jackson and they want to see the Jackson they wanted to raise and grow up and hopefully see my my kids and all of that. And I think just more the fact that I'm so young, so much ahead of me, like there's, you know, there could be another 70 years on me and it's like, why? Like that's, that's it's it's selfish. It's a selfish act if I take my life. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many more people out there that are suffering harder than me or something and it's like, what, I'm just going to take my life because I've had a bad day. I think that's what really, you know, it spiraled me out of not going down that that path of actually wanting to suicide. On on that as well, like I, I feel like a trap that a lot of people get stuck into is they'll let a bad five minutes, like a mm. bad conversation ruin their whole day or they'll let a bad day ruin their whole week. How do you not let that happen? How do you not let either the bad – the bad five minutes ruin the whole day or not let a bad day ruin the week, a bad week ruin the year. How do you stop that cycle of negativity spiraling out of control? Because you have to remember that there's always going to be bad days and there's always going to be bad times. So if you can't face those, like you can't have every day perfect and you need to learn that like if you're having a bad day, I've, I've and it's true, I've always woken up the next day and it's been better. Or, or, or a day after, or you know what I mean? It's not like it's a year later, but I've always just gone, okay, I'm going to go to bed early. This is just a bad day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to try something different tomorrow. And I swear to God, 99% of the time you wake up and you, it's just a bad day. It's bad thoughts or something, something unoccurred has happened. And I guarantee you the next day is a, a new fresh day and a, a day to look forward to. Man, I'll tell you what's happened to me. I don't know. I wouldn't really call it a tool, but it's something that I've realized over the last probably five years. It's like you'd, you'd probably, you can probably relate. You know, you'd have, there'd be something, a thought pop into your head. Uh, it might only be for a second or for five seconds. Um, and that thought instantly changes your state. You feel that sinking feeling in your mm. stomach. And then you realize, and then you get distracted. You've got, you've got to do something to work. You've got to do something. Then you realize three, four, five hours later, I still feel this heavy feeling like this sickness yeah. on my body. And then you try and think about, wait, wait a minute. Why do I feel like this? And you remember the thought that caused it. And you're like, wait a minute. I don't even fucking care about that. Yes, it's such literally. a small thing. <laughs> but if you don't zoom out and realize that yeah. you'll sit in that and it will fester. And then this next thing will be 10 times worse. Sometimes you just got to realize that things aren't as bad as yeah. they may seem in that moment. And you know, most of the things we stress over in life, uh, if literally what you just said, if we look back to it in 20 years time, why the fuck did we stress over that? You know what I mean? Like literally. In, in, in two years, in a year, in two months, most of the Even time. Even you know? tomorrow. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I think I was stressing over uh, a fucking Uber ride the other day with my <laughs> video. Literally. And I was like, in the day, like, does it really matter? You know what I mean? And when you really like look into it like that, I think you start to think like all these things, they don't, they don't matter. And it's like it's just little little daily habits and things that – they're going to be there for the rest of your life. All these things, we're going to keep having them every single day until we die. So if you can't take them on board and look at it in just like a, a, a life experience, then it's going to affect you in the wrong way. Like where we're going with this, it, it, it's clearly linked to what's become a buzzword over the last few years. But I, I, I want to understand your experience with, obviously we're talking about gratitude here. Now, 
truly being understanding gratitude and being grateful is is a process that I think we all need to go through. It's not okay. I heard what gratitude is. I'm gonna truly feel grateful every single day. It's so hard for me as well because we're ambitious people. You're young, you're hungry. We've got so mm. many goals. You never really you're never really satisfied with where you are, but you want to be content and enjoy the moment, enjoy the day. Do you remember the first time along this journey that you come across the term gratitude and then what that sparked for you and how you practice gratitude throughout your life? Because I know it's become like an important pillar in, in who you are and the way you, the way you try and live your life. Yeah. Do you know Cooper Chapman? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually through him. Um, he's huge on gratitude. Um, and I, yeah, I went on his podcast and then it was literally just through a podcast. He was like, Hey man, I think you should start to, um, just do this simple thing in the morning. Just write down three things you're grateful for. I was like, what do you mean, dude? He's like, just write down three things you're grateful for. And then I started to do it. And once again, one day in, it doesn't just change. But then he said, write down three things you're, you were grateful for today before bed. And ever since then, I've done those two things every single day. And when the outside world looks at this, it's not like it doesn't have to be big things. This is what people don't understand when it comes to gratitude. I did gratitude this morning in I have woken up alive. And that is huge. Do you know how many people will not wake up alive tomorrow? Do you know how many people will not live tomorrow? Do you know what I mean? Like when you just appreciate like something like that. And then for example, like what I do a lot of the time now, like, you know how you don't, some days you don't want to exercise. I just go like this. Imagine if I was a paraplegic. How, how much would you want to just get out of that chair and just start walking? And when you start to look at like that, like, so when I walk in the gym and I might be having a bad day or I just want to lay in bed, it's like, imagine if you were in bed and you could never get out of bed. All you want to do is get out. And I swear to God, bro, you instantly get up and you're like, holy fuck, I've got two legs. I'm healthy. I'm alive. I have access to a gym. This is just one example. But when you take gratitude, it literally is a never ending um, perspective. You can have gratitude with everything. You can do gratitude a thousand times a day. And this is what people don't understand is it's so fucking powerful when you are grateful for every single moment in your life. And is it experiences like spending time with Billy Div and, and hearing that struggles that other people are going through just make you realize. Bro, when I heard some of the stories of him facing, you know, leukemia in, in, um, in hospital and some of the shit he was saying, how he's endless nights of vomiting 12 hours straight, putting pipes down his throat he literally was on the brink of just like, I can't do this anymore, but he still got through. And it's like, why? And I'm going to complain because I, uh, it's a bit cold at night or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you just got to really put into perspective that there are people out there that have it a lot worse than you. And that's the thing as well, but it's easier said than done. Like apart from people that are obviously struggling with struggling with illnesses like cancers and things like that, if you're just in Australia you're in the top fucking 1% in the world already. You lucky it, people. 100%. You know what I mean? Like literally. And people will try and be like, nah, like that's your fucking privilege saying that. But genuinely there are billions of people, billions of people mm. in the world that are worse off than every single person in Australia. Yeah. I just, bro, I'm, I'm just honestly grateful to be alive because I know there's a very high chance that I could not be on this earth right now. And there's so many other things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful right now just for just speaking to you. and. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like life is an oyster, as they say. And I just think everyone out there, if you're not really excited with life and nothing excites you or you don't really have these things that 
you're looking forward to in the future, what's the point of living? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when I did the intro, I, I said a few things that you would have laughed at. Like, you know, the gratitude is one thing, journaling, affirmations, manifestation, visualization. Five years ago, whatever. Why do you think, because I, I know a lot of guys when I say like, visualization or manifestation. I try and laugh it off like, oh, that's yeah. bullshit. Like, why would I ever do that? Why would I do gratitudes? Why do you think, like, what was the mindset to, to laugh at that sort of stuff? Um, I thought it was not manly. I thought it was gay. <laughs> like, yeah. like I thought, like, even the fact, I don't do it every day now, but I do look at myself in the mirror and I, I'm sure you've heard, I tell myself I'm beautiful, I'm loved, and I'm worthy. They're the three main ones I do. And I just thought if I like when I was in my bodybuilding days, I just thought if I do that, like what fucking guy does that? You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's so powerful. We have to be, if you can't be your own kindest person to yourself, then do you know what I mean? Right. And if you can't, if you can't do an affirmation or if you can't journal or, or, or talk about manifestation because you think that's not masculine, you're clearly not comfortable enough in your masculinity. That's Being powerful. able to own that shit, that's what truly masculinity is. And if you talk about attracting the perfect partner, do you think the person that you want to raise your kids and, and, and build a life with is going to have that sort of attitude? Or you think that's the thing that guys get so wrong, man. Yeah. What attracts, and this is why sometimes like I find it easier to make friends with girls that I just meet because girls are much more in, they think about more spirituality things about how to become the best version of themselves. So many young guys don't, bro. Yeah. They're missing out on the main mission of life, which is becoming the best version of yourself. And they'll use all these excuses. They'll throw up all these walls because they don't want to confront it. But it's, Bro, you're only holding yourself back by not getting into that, by not realizing the power of all this stuff. Bro, that's fucking powerful. <laughs> I love it. Do you practice yourself, obviously? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So well, um, I just want to ask, what, what's like a tip that you would give to someone listening out there that is kind of like my old self and they'd be like, what am I going to benefit out of this deal? This is gay. What would you say to them? Well, bro, the main, the main one of all the tools that I use is visualization, yeah. right? And obviously visualization is linked to the law of attraction, that everything is energy, everything vibrates, that the, every, like everything is vibrational. If you can raise your internal vibration, it naturally there's scientific, phys, like there's physicists that will back this up. There's it's scientific evidence out there that people don't want to admit. They'll say it's a uh, pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. They'll say it's all bullshit. But if you can raise your um, vibration, you can raise your energy. You're going to attract things like that. But let's just leave it at that because I know some people won't want to believe that. And that's fine. If you don't want to believe in the energetic pull of the universe and the power of the law of attraction, that's fine. But okay, let's say you're someone who isn't happy with where they are in life, right? If I get you every day to imagine where you want to be, you're doing the things you want to be doing, you're living the life you want to be living, you're living in the city that you want to live in, in the house you want to be waking up next to your dream partner. If you do that every day and you're not just thinking about it, you're inside your mind and inside your body and you're experiencing it, you're letting yourself go there emotionally. It might be 10 minutes a day, it might be half an hour, it might be an hour. But if you're doing these things every day and putting yourself in that situation, feeling the emotions of you acting and behaving as the best version of yourself, living the life of your dreams, how is that, regardless of what that's putting out in the universe and going to drag back to you, how is that not going to connect you so deeply to your goals that you will put in the work every day, that you'll be excited to put in the work, that you'll be excited to do the work on yourself to get there? How is that not going to benefit you? And it will. And that should, that should be enough to change someone to um, 
you know, project these things in their day-to-day exactly. daily habits. And then once you start and you're consistently doing that for three months, six months, 12 months, you're going to be experiencing the results of it. Then you're going to not need anyone else to tell you. Then you're going to be the one that say, hey, bro, actually, and I did this and it changed my mind. Same, yeah. I didn't know about it. You don't get taught this mm. stuff in high school as a guy. 100%. Bro, 100%. It can just take a random book, a random story, someone to start you on this little journey of discovery, going deep on this stuff, and it changes the whole way you see the mm. world. I agree 100%. That's yeah. powerful. <laughs> what's what's some of the talk to me about? We'll start to wrap up, but I want to know now to become this person who obviously you're still a work in progress. Yeah, we all are. What's some of the core things that you do? Like, doesn't have to be every day, but a couple of times a week, or as part of your tool set, your toolkit to be able to help you feel your best and keep moving forward. Because, like I said, we'll all have bad days. Yeah, we'll all have days we don't feel like it. But what's some of the things that help you feel the best and become the best version of yourself? Um, yeah, affirmations. Um, I do that religiously. Um, I don't know if this is on the same spectrum, but something like recovery, um, is that like, I, I never used to do recovery and recovery can come in many, when, when I say recovery, people like, oh, what, like a massage, you know what I mean? Like, and that is one, but recovery can come in so many ways. Recovery can come from putting your phone down and spending time off social media. Do you know what I mean? Sure, recovery sure. can come from getting a good night's sleep rejuvenating yourself, looking after yourself, because at the end of the day, you know yourself, we've only got one body. And if you don't take that, that, that body serious and you don't um, nourish it with good food and hydration and sleep and all of that, nothing else matters. Do you know what I mean? And all of these little things, when you connect them and you, you do treat the body with respect and kindness, this becomes so much more powerful. And I've learned that when I've started to implement a lot of recovery in my my weekly routine, it stopped me from burning out. And I think it's a major key for me to keep moving ahead. hundred percent. And also because we're all humans, we're all programmed to chase dopamine, right? Some more than others, some more are addicted to the dopamine. And that's why people get addicted to, to, to substances, to drugs, to partying, to things like Tinder, yeah. like damning all the hot girls because they get this validation, right? But recovery can be a really good way to get those dopamine hits doing things like saunas, yeah. cold plunges, cold, cold showers, things like that, that you never really get, no one teaches you, you know what I mean? Well, I never even, uh, like, I didn't even use it. Like who would, like you take me five years back and you'd be like, sit in an ice bath and you'll feel better after. And I'd be like, what do you mean? <laughs> and it's, I swear to God, bro, I've not gone a day with, I don't sit in an ice bath every day, but with at least a cold shower, like it's just one little implement of a daily routine that I add in and it fucking changes your life. You literally wake up after you have that cold shower, that ice bath, and you're just like, you're so energetic. The endorphins are going. Everything's like firing, you know what I mean? And it's, you feel like you're just going to attack your day. And is there any like natural supplements that you've incorporated that you feel like could give you a help, give you like a natural boost? Is there anything that you, that you, take to help supplement your energy levels or clarity, anything like that? To be honest, man, I've, I tried to go down that route of um, using like all the deaspartic acid, tribulus, all of that high doses of zinc, nothing brought my stuff back because at the end of the day, I physically fucked it with a, a synthetic compound. And yes, some of that stuff does work, but I don't think to the extreme of how much I put my body under um, pressure. But honestly, man, in terms of like energy and all that, Nutrition and even just something as simple as a bit of vitamin D a day, bro, goes a long way. 100%. Now we'll start to wrap it up, but in, talk to me about what's next and, and what the mission is now. Bro, doing exactly what I'm doing, um, but 
bigger, better worldwide, getting on stages, um, guest speaking, getting into schools, helping people not go down that road at the path where I went down it. And I think that's where most people do go down a rabbit hole is it during their teenage years. So if I can get out there to the world and speak to, um, you know, millions of people, yeah, I'm not going to change everyone's perspective in life, but I know that my message will help a lot of people. And I think I'm on this place. I think I'm on this earth for a reason. And I feel like I'm going to make a powerful impact until the day I die. And and to that as well, like I, I can relate to you in the sense that you feel this like burning desire, this mission to make an impact um, to the world outside of just yourself, right? And there'll be people that will look at people like me and you and they'll try and say like, why do you think you're so special mm. and all that? But the thing is, you've got to flip the perspective, man. We should all think we're special. Yeah, and we are. And we all are. We're all yeah. unique. There's that's only the one thing. of each of us. Being us is our superpower. And that's what I started to tell myself in the mirror a lot is that like, yeah, there's there's flaws that I still don't like about me, but I'm so unique in my way that like, fuck, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with myself. You know what I mean? Like you got to be happy with your own unique ways. If you start to pick all the flaws, you're just going to be constantly down on yourself. For the rest of your life. Exactly. It's just, it's just a switch. And a lot of people probably going back to their childhood, their conditioning, what they didn't get as a child or throughout school or That's not feeling enough, you know what I mean? But you can start to, as an adult, start to take the power back and, and, and you can, you decide what your future looks like. And you might have to go internally to confront some things first, or maybe it takes, like you said, six months worth of affirmations every single day until you start believing these things. But bro, it's, it's, it's a bit of a contradiction. I'll say like, Someone asked me, do you think you're special? I'll say yes. Yeah. But then I'll be talking, I'll say, I'm, I'm not special as in the fact that I'm special, but so like everyone's special. Yep. Do you know what I mean? If you can start to rewire the way you see the world, you see opportunity and you see yourself, then the world truly does become your oyster. If you don't do that or you can't or you don't want to do the work, then you're going to be stuck in that rabbit hole of going through the nine to five, the normal life that everyone hates. And so many people are depressed these days because they don't have autonomy and control over mm. their own life and their own thoughts, their own emotions. Man, powerful. All I right, feel like I where, almost want to host you on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and where's the best place for everyone to find you and all the stuff you're putting out, man? I appreciate it, man. Um, just my social media, Instagram, everything's on there through my website, my podcast, my online coaching. Um, and, yeah, if you want any brand modeling work stuff too. Yeah. But yeah, you're just Jackson Tippett on everything, right? I am Jackson Tippett yeah. and my website's in there. And um, I've obviously got my own podcast on there and, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's it's been powerful, different, bit of a different way of uh this is why I like going on so many different podcasts, because the host always has a different outlines perspective of how they ask you even questions. And um, once again, not only that, every single guest or host or whatever I've been on, we all have different audiences. So yeah. I think it's just great to connect. And at the end of the day, we're trying to get this message out there to other people and I just hope this helps someone and that's, that's it. <laughs> and it is. And we won't always meet the people that it helps. You know what I mean? But you know, you do enough of these, let's just say each podcast goes out to a few thousand, they get bigger, ten, a couple, 10,000. But bro, if let's say 5,000 people listen, yeah. even if it changed one life out yeah. of 5,000, like truly changed someone's life, it's worth it. And I guarantee there's more than one, but it's so worth it. It's like a ripple effect. It does start to, you know what I mean? People start to see, but I man, the amount of, that's what's kept me going, bro, to be honest. The amount of testimonials, like messages of actual podcasts, no bullshit, of people saying, I listened to that. 
I'm not going to use steroids. I was just like, wow, like I, I could have just saved someone's life. Like, yeah. and it's bro, when I get that message, I'm like, that's it. Like I, that's what I wanted to do. That's the reason I come on and I spoke to you today. And many years to come of doing it. Yeah. Right? But yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, man. And um, yeah, all of my audience, I'd love you to go check out Dylan's podcast and give it a follow. And, um, you know, even just go, you're on Spotify, iTunes. Spotify, iTunes. Just go yeah. follow it all. Like this is, you know, this is what content creators want. And um, go leave a review even. Do you know what I mean? And if you like any of these reels that we're going to put out there, give them a share and tag us. And we'd appreciate that. Uh, Greatly. There'll be a lot we'll be putting yeah. out after this. So 100%. thanks again, brother. Uh, it was great. Obviously, we've, we've been in touch for a little while now, but good to finally sit down and have a proper conversation again into it. So I'll be following along your journey for many years to come and, and enjoy hopefully moving down to Sydney soon. 100%. Likewise, brother, and keep up your great work. Cheers, bro. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.